You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. Welcome to episode number five of Line of Sight. My name, as many of you may know, is Chandler, and I'm here with, yet again, with Jaden. Yep. Hi, guys. I actually get to talk to people this time. Yes. With other other humans? I, I mean, know, I guess right? you, you could say it's kind of appropriate that the Grimkin episode was just you, like, murmuring things to yourself for an hour and a half, right? Like. Yes. Sweet, sweet Grimkin. Nothing. Slowly gone mad. And, uh, <laughs> of course, our uh, returning intern, uh, Mr. Brett. How's it going, man? Going well. Um, the money's a little tight, so I'm making pancakes while I'm doing this, uh, this episode. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I see. <laughs> money's tight. Bisquick is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's that's some of the high cl- high quality advice you're going to get from this War Machine podcast. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> Bisquick, minute rice. It's good shit. Just never ramen. Never ramen. Ramen sometimes. <laughs> ramen's okay if you put like vegetables in it along with the ramen. You put eggs like, in ramen. So, yeah, of course. I'm Japanese, yeah. of course. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I came up with this idea where you put eggs okay. in ramen. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's kind of a Western thing. You should take. Yeah. Right. That's called appropriation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the cultural appropriation episode. All right. <laughs> Well, it's it's been an exciting little while. There's actually there's some news. That's, some. that's yeah. good. There's some. Yeah, we haven't actually had a we haven't had an actual episode since Lock and Low. We just had the Grimkin one where it was just Grimkin stuff. So uh, there's yep. a lot of stuff that that's popped up around and throughout Lock and Load and whatnot. Lots of little fun little tidbits. The keynote was huge. Like yeah, just... they they went the opposite direction of last year's. <laughs> Almost like everyone hated last year's. It was so funny because I was there at last year's and I just remember sitting there being like, but I want to get my Mark three stuff. And so like, I didn't even really notice. And I think a lot of people who were at the con kind of had a little bit of that feeling. And then you left and everybody's and everybody who was like at home, it's like the keynote was garbage. You're like, yeah, no, it it was really funny because like everybody was there was just like, woo, we get our stuff real fast. Yeah. And and then I got text messages from people being like, that was awful. I was like, (laughs) Like, I, I have I my Mark III crap. I don't care. Yeah, it's pretty much what I wanted. I don't know what you guys' problem is, but <laughs> but yeah, this one was. And and as somebody who was not able to be there, it was really enjoyable to to be able to sit and watch that stream. So there's a lot of stuff on there. Stuff we've kind of noted. We're, we'll be talking about things that that popped up throughout it over time, I'm sure. But um, one thing that's kind of an important bit of news. It's really across every faction. Is uh, we were told that. They plan to make sure that every model in the game has a home within some kind of a theme force by the end of the year. Yeah, which is, like, not very much time anymore. Yeah, and that's something like 30 theme forces? Something crazy. Yeah, in the next four months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it's kind of interesting. Um, So we're supposed to be seeing theme forces and and whatnot that are are new uh, popping up in CID over the next handful of months um 
However, so this was this is something that was noted about the Disciples of Agony theme, the Minions Scorn one, which was kind of thrown into CID early, is uh, for partly for this purpose. Is um, it's unlikely that the models in the themes are actually going to be affected by CAD. Uh, yeah. Based on, I mean, hmm. if they did that, then we're just opening all of Mark III to CID, which is impossible. It's yep. true. Um, yeah, it's true. It's a little as a protector player though. Like when they're like, it's the it's the zealot theme, and you're like, can we change them? No. But it should be really interesting to see what all that stuff is when it starts showing up. And, of course, we had the, the 12 Factions of Christmas uh, model releases, which are pretty exciting. All, cool. the, all the troll players are rejoicing right now for their yeah. finally getting a oh, non-character yeah. reach heavy. Reach heavy, yeah, seriously. Uh, something else to note is that even though the models in, like, Disciples of Agony, for instance, are not going into CID right now, um, when the theme force no quarter for, like, the stuff in that, theme force comes out in i don't know a year two years whatever uh they will go back into cid with that theme force and, and all the models in it yep yep so Protector they're gonna things. give us all this stuff up front and then we'll go back and do you know all the cid later yeah hopefully they're pretty interesting i i, I hope that that the themes keep up with some of the creativity they've had for for the last little while. i mean some of them if everything's been. disciples of agony kind of cool i'm yeah, all in right. I take Kator heavies and protector it. I don't, know, I don't know what I don't know what fluff function that is, but can I do it? You know, Krios was originally from Kator. He ah, can go back to the old days. Nailed it. Yeah, it's, uh, except for it's like it's a Kator it's a Kator theme force where they get to take Krios. No. <laughs> Who would I take in Kator in exchange? I'm thinking. Uh, Vlad. Vlad, Vlad one. probably. Yeah. Protector yeah, Vlad, doesn't need Vlad signs one or Vlad of <laughs> <laughs> or or Vlad 2's feet on like six night exemplars just like cry for a second uh, on, on how a, powerful that would be his feet on a pair of champions of the order of the wall how about that uh. um, yeah we actually went through at the end of Mark 2 and we came up with a whole betrayal book where it's a caster from every faction swapping like so mm-hmm. it's like asphyxious and circle and they've the problem is they've released most of them we got, we got Gorshade back in Rhett. We've got uh, Old Witch in some crazy new faction. We've got um, uh, Newman of Necrogenesis, which should work for Convergence, but doesn't, and we're very upset. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, back to the keynote. <laughs> um, what, is, what is the model you are most excited about from the keynote? Well... My faction had one, so... That would be the... <laughs> That's the, the champion of the is order. Is it the Revelator? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, champion of the order of the wall. That is the, the non-character, or apparently non-character. We're assuming it's non-character. Um, yeah. Dragoon for uh, the Protectorate, who's a paladin. A lot of fun stuff there. He's armor 18. I expect he has a shield, uh, like the Dragoon does, because he does have a shield, so it'd be... Yeah, neat mm-hmm. if he had that. Um... Yeah, and we learned a couple fun things about him. He's, you know, he's going to be like all the... He's a paladin, so he's going to be very accurate. And probably a weapon master, but he's going to have retaliatory strike. And it sounds like he's going to give other paladins retaliatory strike. Um, which is pretty interesting. Um, and then based on... So as long as he has the paladin tag, uh, he will also benefit from Vilmon's elite cadre, which is mm-hmm. pretty nasty on a cav solo. Yeah. Uh, that's still a stance? No, no. His elite cadre gives uh, righteous vengeance 
to oh, you know, Paladins of the Order of the Wall. So it's an of the Order of the Wall solo, and as long as it has the Paladin tag, then it has the full text required to, to gain that mm-hmm. benefit. And if it doesn't have the Paladin yep. tag, it wouldn't be allowed in a Paladin theme unless, so, unless it was yeah. specifically called out. So. I'm going to be honest, I'm most excited for the Troll Heavy, because like Circles 1 does not look very interesting, and Grimkin don't get one this year, so I'm just like... Yeah, my super old faction finally gets that thing that I was like wanting so bad three years ago. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yeah, I think that thing's gonna be cool. I, mean, I like that it's like it's basically a nomad. The back of its card is basically blank. It's still awesome. Yep. yep. No, seriously, that that is everything trolls needed. It's just like I've got two reach weapons and I'm angry. <laughs> Done. Yep. It's all you need. Yep. Why would you need more than that? I think I'm actually most excited for the Soul Slave. The uh, the minion warlock attachment, which isn't a twelve factions a Christmas thing. That's the Valkyries for minions. But the soul slave is gonna be so dumb. <laughs> like yep. arcane assist and spell slave is insane with the current minion lineup. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be great. Also, also, there's like a one million chance the spirit cauldron or whatever it's called can give corpses to death wolves. And then I'm like, yay, they're fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I finally not, saw it. And if not, at least Bone Swarms are awesome. Oh, man. Okay, so imagine this, though. They're minions that work for Grimkin, and then they can give, uh, you know, Corpse Tokens out to anything, and ooh. Ooh. I doubt they will work for Grimkin. And they will finally take my uh, Wanderer out of tier list. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, North can see IDs kicking along. Yep. Um. Alish really is slowly, cool slowly getting pulled back into line. Uh, I think, what's he on now? He's on Unbinding in Command 5 now. That's what Alish is yeah. down to. Yeah. yeah, so he, he, like I said, he lost um, he lost one of the three abilities that made him insane. So yeah. so he's getting close. I think he needs to lose one more and still be five points, and he'll be okay. He's getting there. I mean, I'm still getting no quarter for him. Like, Oh, for sure. And, and like... Unbinding is at least like a pretty like, you know where he can get you, and it's, yeah, well, it's x amount of distance. So. I mean, he's not going to be an auto include if he doesn't have like hex blast, puppet master, and arcane void. But if he keeps any three, any one of those three, then he's probably going to go into enough list yeah, into enough list. Buy, yeah, yeah. To justify the tiny purchase at your friendly local gaming store. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, puppet. Puppet Master on the Judicator, and he's almost accurate enough to take. Oh, Ooh, not quite though. Um, well, you can just take that other new colossal that's coming out. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the other thing popping around CID is, of course, the new Mulg in his current form is pretty terrifying. He's 22 points of. A few spellcasters and and things <laughs> also, that are armored with health. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I, I'm so glad they said up front that they were, they were aware that this was too good because I, I'm pretty sure there would be some troll blade troll blade players out there that would get really attached to this particular iteration he's, of that he, model. He's madness, but I'm kind of like, well, it's trolls. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, you feel speed four. Okay. Yeah, like they they kind of need some madness. Like, I'm not I'm not too ate up about that, but. Uh, he's pretty neat. I actually like... Some people are complaining about it, because uh, the current like CID version of him has Arcane Vortex, and he can just spend the Fury he has on him. So you just rile him up, and he can spend the Fury to Arcane Vortex stuff. That's how it's like worded. But I think that's actually really interesting. Some people are like, that's way too powerful. That really like makes you have to think about it, like how you want to handle it from yeah, like a, actually, a Fury so, perspective. Actually, so fun fact... 
for about 30 minutes until I told Pagani about this. That's how the Cage Rager worked in War Room, too. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and so I like I got part of a practice game in with that particular effect on him, and it was great. And yeah. then Pagani came over and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, this is how it works. And he's like, hold on a minute. Pull yeah, out yeah. his phone, fix it in War Room, said, refresh your War Room. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Sadness. <laughs> it's, there's something kind of eerie about just standing next to a guy that can just change your cards in War Room whenever he wants, and you're just like, oh, right. it's different now. <laughs> yeah. um, by the way, the only thing that I don't like about uh, Arcane Vortex as, as it is is that you could take uh, a unit of Dunia's Knot and cast three puppet strings at Mulg, and he can Arcane Vortex them and use it as Fury Management. Ooh. <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's really interesting, actually. I mean, that's a little jank. I don't, I don't know that I have a problem with it exactly. It's just kind of wonky. But yeah, that's super yeah. cool, actually. Yeah, that's a neat idea. So yeah, trolls, a lot of really cool stuff coming around. Every, each idea they've done is just like, man, I can't wait for mine because it's it's all all kinds of wacky stuff. So I got a lot of cool Honestly, ideas. This Mulg makes Loki look a lot more sane. Like this Mulg and Loki are about the same power level, about the same level of interestingness. I mean, they're both awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Yep. So, uh, what do we got going on with Broken Egg, dude? Uh, well, the Grimkin tokens and widgets and whatnot are going to ship this week, I think. By the time you listen to this episode, there's a very high chance that they've already shipped out. And I'm very excited for mine, because they are freaking gorgeous. I know. We actually saw the, like, proper images of the, of the token. We've kind of had mostly, like, pre-renders and stuff of them, but we saw yeah. the actual ones. And it's just that... It's that particular purple that I just love on everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's so good. I am excited to get a look at those. I I will not be getting them myself since I don't have any Grimkin stuff, but I'm sure I'll see yours eventually, or somebody around I'm, here will. I'm excited that they chose to make a bunch of Arcana tokens. That is uh, super cool to me. It should be neat. Yeah, I'm very pumped. Yeah. So, that's more or less the news. There, there's a lot of stuff going on. We will we will go over things over time. There's We would, we could be sitting here for like an hour and a half just going over all the news that happened. So, um, so this week, we're going to have a rule of the week again. It's been a couple of weeks. We've been, we've been um, disheveled. We're all over the place. Yeah, seriously. But um, what, what are we doing for our rule of the week this week? So, uh, we're going to do frenzy checks. Uh, and how frenzies work, because this is something that I see a lot of people, both veteran and uh, newer players, getting incorrect after the transition from Mark II to Mark III, because there are a couple of key differences from the Mark II frenzy uh, that veterans don't quite get, unless they've played a lot of hordes and had a lot of frenzies. And uh, if you've only ever played War Machine, and your opponent's like, all right, I'm going to take a frenzy check, chances are you have no idea what that means. So, yeah, let's just dive right in. Um, a frenzy is the, the potential drawback for if you put a lot of fury on your war beast uh, the turn before. If you leave anything on it during your control phase, any fury on it, uh, you have to make something called a threshold check, which is where you roll 2d6 and add one to the roll for each point of fury on the war beast. So, for example, if I rolled a six on two dice and I had three fury left on my war beast, the total would be nine. Um, you compare that number to the threshold stat, and for those of you that don't know what that is, if you look at a Warbeast card, it's got a, it's got a Fury stat, that's the big bubble with a number in it, and up to the right of it is a littler number, that's its threshold stat. So if your total roll exceeds that number, like, it has to beat it, it can't just match it, then it freaks out, and it frenzies. 
And a frenzy is basically your beast goes nuts and it has to charge the closest thing that it can see, even a friendly model. It's the only time in the game that you can charge a friendly model, I believe. Um, so when a model frenzies, it first it activates and then it shakes knockdown stationary and any other effects that it can shake and it ignores any effect that would cause it to forfeit its normal movement or action. So that would be something like Haley 2's feet or um, a stranglehold, for example. And it, it shakes all those things without being forced. So even if its spirit is out, it still freaks out and frenzies. And then it immediately charges towards the closest model that it can see in line of sight without being forced, even if the closest model is a friendly model. And it can't stop before it makes its uh, contacts its charge target. The important thing about this is that it has to charge directly towards it. You can't choose which direction you charge. Um, so I had a really interesting interaction come up a couple of weeks ago where I had a frenzying like light war beast that could see one of my friendly war beasts, but it was base to base with another model. And so it couldn't move. So it tried to charge at that model and failed because it couldn't move. Cause I had to go in a straight line. Um, so yeah, that's something to be aware of. You can't choose the direction of the charge. And then it makes one basic attack with the highest powered weapon that it has, uh, that can hit the target. So like if your highest powered weapon is half inch reach and you're hitting from two inches away, then that doesn't work. Um, and the attack roll was boosted. And if you moved at least three inches during the charge, then it is a charge, and then the damage roll is boosted. And then you can take all the fury off of it if you want, and that's its activation. It's done. You don't get to do anything else with it. I actually didn't know that it ignored uh, forfeiting movement or action. That's, yep. That's an interesting little tidbit that I, I did not know about. Yeah, so it's actually really uh, one of Haley 2's scarier matchups is uh, Arcadius. Because uh, he can just be like, well, um, that's cute. I feet, <laughs> and you don't get your feet. That's nice. <laughs> that's really interesting. Uh, I had that happen to me with uh, with Wormwood too. I like strangleholded three warhogs, and I was like, go, and he was like, I feet, and I was like, that's nice, and he's like, I shake all of that stuff, and I charge you, and I was like, oh, oh dear, <laughs> <laughs> and then I give up my movement. Uh oh. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> Marty and like, melee with you, the horror. <laughs> Well, no, 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 because Stranglehold just says during its next, acti- next activation. And okay. Because because uh, it, the Frenzy is an activation, it straight up ignores that part of it. So you get to make a normal activation after that. Seems bad. Yeah, it was really bad. I, I, I only won that game because he left Arcadius like within eight inches of a feral in a set of Shifting Stones. So that happened. Um. How does frenzying interact with guns nowadays? You don't get to assault, right? No, it is just a charge. Um, I'm, I believe there's an infernal reference to that, but it is just a basic charge attack okay. uh, that you make. Because, yeah. Is it still with the highest power weapon? Yeah, highest power weapon. So I guess technically if you have gunfighter... No, they on, changed that. They, oh, they I, changed remember that? They ma- I remember they made an errata early in Mark III to that so that you didn't <laughs> shoot all the time. But, okay. <laughs> um, and then... Is it still random if uh, there are multiple models uh, equidistant from you, essentially base-to-base? It does not cover that in this section of Primal, but I would imagine that is the case, just like every other thing that's an equidistant thing. You just roll a dice to see which one you attack. And uh, actually, it specifically says right here, a a frenzied warbeast cannot make assault range attacks or additional attacks. So, yeah, no assault. So, yeah, frenzies. uh, They're important, especially if you play hordes know what they do 
And I, I have I have played lists back in the day that's primary form of fury management was stuff frenzies sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Circle fury management at its finest. Yep. 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 And I played old EE, the the troll theme force, where it was just like, um, I have eleven lights and they've all got two fury on them, so four of them are frenzying this turn. Yeah, no big. So we also have a bonus rule of the week this week, because we missed one last week. And this one is a pretty sweet little piece of tech that came out of my twisted Grimkin ramblings. I'm um, sorry I came up with a cooler name, or else it would have been the Crazy Awasa. Yeah, seriously. And Brent, since you're so enamored with it, why don't you start off? All right, so it has to be called Sprint Whacking. Okay. Uh, you'll get that in a second. So the idea is, if you are a faction that has both the Lurker Animus and the uh, Lightning Strike Animus, if something, if your Warlock begins the turn uh, able to make melee attacks without having to move or without having to use their normal movement, they can cast Bushwhack, kill something in melee, um, use Bushwhack to move after attacking, and then um, after that movement's done, they can cast Lightning Strike. And because Lightning Strike has been changed so that it remembers that you made the kill, um, and it triggers at the end of the activation, not at the end of the movement. Um, it'll overwrite Lurker, and then you could sprint afterwards. Now, this is a little corner case, um, because there has to be something that's easy to kill in melee, or you have to be something insane in melee. Um, like the child. Magic. Yeah, exactly, like the child or Xerxes 2. Um, and, um, and then you're able to basically take a full activation, um, spend one or two Fury... Um, in order to cast these two animi and then run afterwards, essentially. You know, you get to bushwhack advance and then sprint advance. Yep. Um, and, and there's two factions that we can think of that have access to this, and uh, those are Scorn and Grimkin. And actually, yep. Xerxes 2 has built in sprint, so he can do this without having to have lightning strike. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So Which he can just. him a precious, precious fury. <laughs> well, he's only fury 5, so exactly. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's relevant with the child because she, if you like, she can pretty easily kill a heavy um, mm-hmm. and then sprint whack away. Um, mm-hmm. It's I think it's relevant with the wanderer um, because uh, he can teleport forward with one of his crossroad markers into melee. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need to like move 18 inches and get to like the other side of the board for some reason, um, I think it's relevant with the old witch just because she's hard to kill and she can get both of them for free. Um, yep. Just and pow 15 melee weapons. Um, I think it's relevant with uh, with Makeda 3. Yeah, Makeda uh, 3 especially, because she could, like, kill something, or cast, cast Lurker, kill something, bushwhack up her advance, and then Flashing Blade a bunch of times, and then cast Lightning Strike and get out of there. So yeah. she could, like, really mess things up, especially with her feet, letting her move, get a Fury, kill something, move, get a Fury, kill something, move. Just, it's like, yeah. Uh, it's like all the movement jank of old Morvana 2. Oh, yeah, kind of no. I made myself I'm, sad. I know. No, no, Chandler made you sad. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, okay, I'm gonna. Uh, so I'm going off on a wild tangent. <laughs> Rumor of Blackclad Stone Shaper giving enrage to uh, Construct War Beasts. Now I'm less sad. <laughs> it's it's true. Uh, that that would be very cool. I still think I'll be playing Grimkin, but yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, now we can go back to sprint whacking because I'm less upset. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a super cool little interaction that. Uh, while it's not necessarily game-breaking, we'll definitely, like, if you need to get your Warlock onto the flag, which is, like, way the heck over there, and you don't want to run because you want to actually cast some spells, this is a way, way that you could definitely pull that off. Yeah, actually, uh, Chandler reminded me of Morvana 2. This is exactly, like, what Morvana 2 would do when she would sprint and, like, have. Um, mm-hmm. Because 
But that doesn't work because they both trigger at the end of activation. However, Correct. pushback is different because it uses your, it changes the order of your activation. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So, it's a pretty cool little thing. If you want to jank the hell out of somebody, that's a way you can do. It. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's not no, even I'm like it's not even like you're not unlikely to have in, in Grimkin. You're not unlikely to have a Skin of Moans and a Gorehound in your battle group. And in Scorn, yeah. it's not that far fetched to have an Archidon and a Basilisk Drake in your battle group. Like well, those Drake are those maybe. are, eh, Drake maybe, but like those are legitimate models on their own. And this is just a cool little thing that you can do on top of it. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Tech of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't guarantee that we'll have one every week. It's going to be a, a here, jank of the week section. Oh, oh man, dibs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you heard it here first. It's called sprint whacking. Uh, if you're going to do it, you, you have to say, I'm going to sprint whack this activation and then explain to your opponent what's going on. Or the honorary name, the crazy Iwasa, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That was, that was a favorite of mine as well. <laughs> the crazy Iwasa. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's our, that's our rules for the week. It's to add to your, your jank library for everybody. So, what are we actually talking about this week? This week, a lot of people in in the last couple of weeks here uh, are going to be starting a new faction. Including two-thirds of the podcast. Uh, yes, nope. uh, given that, uh, of course, we had a brand new faction drop, and that always means a mass migration over to uh, see how that faction is. So, a lot, a lot of people are picking up Grimkin right now, and we just wanted to talk a little bit about, like, how do you go about picking up a new faction? Like, how do you even start that process? Uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting one. It's one that ever most people do eventually, <laughs> and some people yep. do often. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about reasons to switch, because I know that um, I'm doing it for a lot of health reasons. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so mainly for me, um, I I found a faction in Mark II, and that was Circle, and I fell in love, and I loved everything about them, and I couldn't think about any other faction. I literally bought three other factions and failed to switch three times. I did the same thing. Um, <laughs> I think I picked up Convergence and Signar at yep. some point and sold them after about four games. Yep. Can confirm that happened. Control. Yeah. Yeah. There's there just something about them. Um, but as I'm playing more and more Mark III, um, I don't think Circle is weak by any means, but there, I find what I'm, what I'm playing to be not what I signed up for. And it's leading me to get very, very frustrated with the state of the game, the state of the faction. And honestly, I just need a break. I need a change of pace to stop worrying about Legion for 10 seconds and stop worrying about who has good theme forces and who have bad theme, force, theme forces and just try something new. Yeah, essentially. I mean, I went through a lot of the same process just a long time ago uh, yep. when when Mark III first dropped. It didn't take long. And, you know, I, I had just actually bought a whole bunch of, you know, Protector. It was my third faction I attempted to switch to away from Circle and Mark II. Um, but I, I had picked them up not a couple weeks before the Mark III announcement, I believe. And I was like, well, back all in on Circle, I guess. And, yeah, we, we dropped everything with Circle, and it just wasn't really... I wasn't feeling good about it. I wasn't enjoying games. And I think that's kind of a, a core of it there. Like, if you are playing games and you enjoy the game, but you are not enjoying, like, just what your faction does, I mean, that's about as good a reason to switch as any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, absolutely. Alternatively, alternatively, you have James' reason. Uh, my reason was what again? <laughs> it looks super cool. That's that's uh, I mean, shiny. <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, it is shiny. Uh, 
Yeah. So like, and that is the, that is one of the other things is if something new comes out and you just absolutely love the way it looks. And I'm going to be honest. This is the reason I got into circle two is because the new Gedrick sculpt came out and Loki came out and well, there was somebody that was willing to trade me the entire faction. So that happened. Um, but if you really love the way, uh, that a model you didn't know about before, or maybe an entire set of models before, uh, looks that might be enough to get you to switch over. Um, although for me, Honestly, it was more for the Arcana than for the models. The models are just a sweet, sweet little cherry on top of the awesomeness that is Arcana. So, although side note, all the Grimkin models look way better in person than they do in pictures. One hundred percent can confirm. They are all way bigger than you think they are, except for the Hollow Men. <laughs> except for the Hollow Men, who are yep. way smaller than you expected. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and then, okay, so now you've decided to take a change of pace for one reason or another. Um, how do you go about choosing a new faction? Well, uh, something that is awesome about uh, War Machine now is that all of the rules are effectively free, if you know where to look. Um, and so if you want to read the base rules of the game, you can just Google War Machine Prime, and there's a PDF of the basic rules of the game, and you can read through that. Or alternatively, if you want to know what all of the models in a faction do, you can go to, I believe it's cards.privateerpress.com, there's and a link has on the a main d- site too, on the left. Yeah, one and of the- on the main site, and uh, you can go to there and just have a look through all of the different models. Uh, every single card is there. All of the, um, like all the warcasters, the war beasts, the warjacks, the warlocks, or whatever. You can look, read through them all. You can see what they do. You can get an idea of what the faction will play like by reading through the the rules, which is something that is new as of like a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah, not everyone knows that. Yeah, all the rules, all the cards are available free online to everyone. Yep, and you can print them out too. They've got a pretty sweet little PDF system. Um, do we want to quickly go over factions like faction identity, um, like fluff and playstyle, as as we currently understand it? Sure, we could do that real quick. Yeah, cool. that's that's one that I get caught up on a lot. I the the thing that draws me to any given faction is like really interesting interactions inside of it. So, like, for Circle, it was movement. That was my, like, that was the thing I got really excited about, was how oh, don't much worry. stuff we'll can have move. A, we'll have a jaded description of the identity of Circle Mark III. Have no fear. Oh, no, I'm sure. <laughs> but, I mean, back in the day, I mean, I, I played, I originally picked up Crix. I played a lot of Mort Nebra and loved all the overrun shenanigans and whatnot. And Circle, you know, I played, like, Chromac 1, and you're just jumping all over the place. Now, it's not the most hyper-fast thing in the world. There are faster factions, but... You move just more erratically and more all over the place. Or at least that's how it was, you know, back in okay. back yep. in the day. All right, um, let's see if I can remember all the factions. Sign- well, no, I've got I've got it open. Yeah, Signar's oh, first. <laughs> I know. Right. So, Boring. Signar, Signar are the good guys. Air quotes. Um, they they are the noble knights and insane scientists. Um, their core identity is guns, guns, guns. Um, they're a high tech faction, so their warjacks have higher stats than normal. Um, yep. And they're going to be pretty efficient, and they all almost all have guns. Um, and so, if you're getting into Signar, you're going to want to you're going to want to get ready to shoot some things. Um, they have some melee options, but most of them are disappointing, unless they're brick house. A lot of a lot of them are built in mind that stuff will be shot up before you get to it. So it's, yeah. yeah. And uh, the other thing is, they tend to be a little bit more expensive points wise uh, because they just tend to have slightly better stats than everybody else. Like. Their their warjacks across the board are like Mat seven Rat six or yeah. Mat six Rat seven like Crazy. just really really high stats. All right, uh, uh, next is Menoff. Oh Chandler, Chandler, you don't get what to do anything that you want to do. 
<laughs> no, no, that's... your opponent doesn't get to do anything. They right, want. that's what I mean. Is your 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 opponent has a plan and they don't get to target any of your things with it. Um, yep. I mean, that's a lot of. There's, so there's there's kind of two, I guess maybe three main levels to to what I think about as protector faction identity. One is I one is denial. Um, that's there's a lot of you can't cast spells. There's a lot of you can't shoot at me. There's a lot of just just stuff like that where you're not allowed to do the thing that you want to do. Um, another one is there's a little bit of a kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Not nearly on the level of Grimkin, but um, we have a lot of effects that trigger when you attack my stuff. Um, and I've built entire lists around that, and they're really fun. And yeah, uh, Thyra was my, my original. Yeah, Thyra, Thyra could be a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and the third one is kind of, I, I call it, it it's very shotgun shooting. Um, Protectorate shoots quite well at kind of mid-range mid and short range and hits pretty hard that way. So you, you get some really good guns, but they're a little bit more kind of kind of middle range and uh you can get the if you really stack up the numbers you can get them to numbers that are just outright stupid. So that's I enjoy that stuff. Pat yep. twenty reckoner shots. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they have all the holy warriors, you know, your priests, your knights, your paladins. Yeah, from yep. a fluff perspective it's the the Holy Crusader faction, that's most of what they are. And and some sub-factions within that are, like, um, people who've been converted, like, general masses of people that have, that have been converted to the faith. All right. Yep. Uh, Kador is Kador. next. Uh, I describe Kador as the faction that has next to no tricks, but has models that are probably one or two points undercosted, like, across the board. Like, the Juggernaut, it's 12 points, it's got 20 armor, it's mat 7, it's got a PS-19 crit freeze weapon and a second weapon that's an open fist. It's, uh, again, only 12 points, it's got 34 boxes. Sure, it's only speed 4, but basically every caster in Kador that gets played has some way to mitigate that. Um, and that's just kind of the way it is across the board. Yeah, so they're... Uh, they, Kador right now has lots of good theme forces um, and lots of good models, Um the, especially Iron Fangs in their tier, Winter Guard in or out of their tier, um, all of their jacks essentially, um, and yep. uh, almost all of their casters. Um, also, they have Butcher, and that might be enough for a lot of people to just get into the faction by themselves. Yeah, um, and they're the very low tech faction um, where everything is cheap and uh, the stats are a little bit lower than you expect, except for the Mat Seven now. Um, and they are the Frozen North, you know, Russian style. Yeah, it, it is literally the Soviet Union in War Machine. They're they're one of those factions that I know a lot of people who have just been Kador players for a million years. Like it's it's like people know when they want to get into Kador. I feel like, <laughs> like well, yeah, at least, like at least now you can buy the Kador Jack that everyone loves. Although you still can't use the Kador Man of War. Although that may be changing in the near future. You get a yep. gigantic tank one with shields on his front. <laughs> <laughs> Seems alright. All right. Yeah. Next is Crix. Crix, yeah. Uh, uh, Crix is the infantry spam faction again now, right? <laughs> Took a minute, yeah, but we're, we're, we're moving back around. Their, their jacks are still garbage, uh, except for the stock. Stalker is freaking insane. Yeah. So uh, they have two theme forces that are basically all you're going to see on the table right now. One is called Ghost Fleet, and it plays a bunch of guys that come back from the dead and has Denegra 1 at the helm and just either attritions you out or assassinates you from forever away. And the other one is the Bane theme, which is awesome. I, I got to play against it at a low point level this week. And, like, stealth Banes, like, all of them being stealth, like, even the cavalry models being stealth, is really awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I love the new Bane UA, or Bane Warrior UA. 
Oh yeah, the D three plus one back. That was yeah, yeah that was awesome. Um, uh, my my look will take credit for that change. <laughs> they suggested <laughs> and they got picked up. Yeah. Nice. Also, in short order here, the necromantic pirate theme is going to be a lot more fleshed out, and yep. that's something I mm-hmm. think will intrigue a lot of people. Yep. It's the Texas resculpts that look beautiful. Yeah. The Doug Hamilton creations, and it's just wonderful. The, are they the first units that's been resculpted twice? Uh, yes, I think so. First, the first set are really bad. They were some of the first models PP ever made, and I saw them. Uh, Jordan Knock was playing them still because he'd been playing since forever, and they looked terrible. Yep. So yeah, Crix is undead, or it's like like ghost pirates, or it's just like weird demon women with giant razor whips. So, and they're very. I should also just note, kind of a general like they tend to be very debuff oriented. Um, yeah. Uh, whereas, like, with Protectorate or some other factions, you're stacking up numbers on your own guys. Uh, Crix is all about reducing numbers on your opponent. Yeah. Usually, like, here, have uh, minus, minus yeah. like, three to six armor on one thing and then die. <laughs> yep. That yeah. moment when you're minus seven armor, like, I don't know how these little pirates are killing my jacks like this. Yeah, those POW-10 shots were lo- a lot less scary about 20 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> when they were dice minus nine, now they're dice minus two and it hurts. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Retribution is next. Uh, Retribution is... um, So, they used to be a very assassination-focused faction. Now they're much more um, broadly based. Um, They have still have one of the best assassination catches in the game, but now they also have really good anti-jack shooting. They have really good... uh, Like, a really, really good weapon master unit. Um, They have really good armor spam. They have... uh, Really, really versatile uh, jacks uh, and lots of different choices and special rules and really strange ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and they yeah, also have the Arcantric Force Generator, which is basically unkillable. Yes, yes, it is. It is in the tier of unkillable battle engines. It's just two two points cheaper for no reason. Yeah. Uh, so they are. Love. I would say they play the highest tech. Um, they play very expensive models that are very specialized and have very cool special rules. Um, but you pay for what you get for, especially in War Machine. Terms. Yep. Yeah, no, they are extremely, like, they have really, really strong rules, so they are generally fairly expensive models in points. Um, and fluff-wise, like, I gotta say, Rat has some of the most distinct fluff in the entire War Machine universe. Um, they're just these elves that hate everybody that isn't an elf, and they, they want to go kill everybody that's not an elf. Yes, I like that they are very atypical elves. Yep. Uh, they have they have the longevity they have the magic they don't have the they're, they're not all they're not all serene and yeah and they angelic. they're like very <laughs> aggressive angry elves yep uh, Cyrus is next convergence of Cyrus which is the first limited release faction that Privateer Press did um, they are the clockwork army and they don't use focus the same way as the other war machine factions do so if you're gonna get into convergence make sure that you look up how induction nodes work. Because you don't uh, get to power up, you just pass focus around. Um, this is the first faction we talked about that we do not recommend for new players. Yes, pretty much because you only get to play with their warjacks right now because their infantry is pretty bad, and also they don't have a theme force for their infantry, and also most of their good buffs go on their warjacks, and also their warjack theme force is amazing. Yeah. So the yep. their battle engine is awesome. Um, they have several good warjacks and several good casters, um, and all the servitors are awesome. I, yeah, well, beyond that, you're in trouble. Just a random side note. I love how ridiculously much better like 
all the battle engines are, and the TEP didn't change at all, and it's, like, on par. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nope, the yeah. TEP was the standard. Everything else got brought up to that thing. Yeah, which it was mad. I have no complaints about. Yeah, nope. no, it's great. Uh, mercenaries are next. Uh, and so much to cover. We can't. We can't. Do yeah. That. Uh, pick pick a faction of mercs. There's like four. There's like no, pirates. Don't you dare. No, we are not recommending that. If you okay. get into mercs or minions, you're playing the entire mercs or minions faction. No, this race. Okay. <laughs> well, the, the when you're getting started, though, there's probably something that that drew you in. Um, yes. There's yeah. a lot of people who get started with them on because they like dwarves or they like pirates or they like cephalix or things like that, and and yeah. you'll you'll go out from there. I don't I don't think they have a, a solid faction identity per se. They have every tool that you could possibly want somewhere because they supply them for every other faction, and they also just you know they're they're mercenaries. That's what they are. Um, they they play in a lot of different ways. Um, they aren't super complicated, but uh, talking about their identity is confusing because there's four of them. <laughs> yep. And also, nobody knows what they do. So if you play with mercs and you get really good at them, and you go to a an event, chances are that most people you play against haven't played against them before, or they've only played against them once, or they've never played against the caster that you're playing. So you get a bit of a dark horse bonus out of it. It's true. Um, all right. Now we're not hordes. Yep. Uh, Trolls. Uh, being released in a month. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of the horse <laughs> factions have Moving a little on. bit of that feel to them right now. <laughs> I mean, trolls are they're troll they're they're tough. They're big, meaty, hard to crack type things. That that's their goal anyway. Yep. They they're kind of the denial faction out of the hordes factions. Like you don't get to do your thing about half the time. Um, they have an or an armor buff that's not a spell, so bless doesn't get around it. Uh, currently, their infantry is pretty bad, but that's going to change as soon as the North CID is over. Bears, bears everywhere. Uh, one thing you get that's pretty common with trolls is um, there's a lot of like solos that make the other warrior models more interesting in some way. Um, you've got things like the Fellcaller Hero who will you know sing songs and whatnot for his uh, for your infantry models and make them more interesting. It's got lots of little things like that to kind of help out their troops. Their troops are just they're working on them. There's little things like that. Yep. But the beasts and, are pretty vicious. They hit hard. They've got rage. Yeah. It's nasty. And on that note, they have four non-character heavies once this last one comes out. So if you want to play with a whole bunch of different kinds of heavies, this is not the faction for you because they have four and they look exactly the same. Um, that being said, if you want to play with a lot of gargantuans, this is the faction for you. They this have, is the faction for you. They have the most, they have the most variety, and they look freaking amazing. They do. I still have my Mountain King. And with the Sea King getting fixed up, they're all pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, circle. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Pew, 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 pew. Do you want to play a gun line in hordes? Have we got the faction for you? Did you think it was Legion? Nope. (laughs) Nope. Uh, so... Did you think you were going to be, like, ducking and weaving in and out of forests and stuff? No, you're going to shoot them with Wold Weirds. You're going to put down three Wold Weirds and a Celestial Fulcrum in most of your list, and you're going to blast people off the table. And And two Center Stones, and a Pure Blood, yep. Uh... Uh... Bitterness aside, uh, you can make the Tharn Devourer's Host work if you're really good. Um, and you happen to play in a meta with at least a reasonable amount of infantry. Just coming back, um, you can make a Loki list, which is super fun. Also known uh, as Kruger 2. Correct. And that's about it. Uh, you can play Balder 2 with a bunch of Woldrass. Or or with Furry Heavies. I like that. Or part. with Furry Heavies, like one of the two. Yeah. Um, but Circle has faction... Yeah, Circle has no faction identity right now to... To yeah. really speak of, uh, if you like all the werewolves and playing with that stuff, like they're cool models. They are sweet models. 
Yeah, their internal balance is completely fucked. Um, Wormwood, Kruger 2, Tanith, Baldur 2 are all playable and over-the-top and awesome, but um, if you want to get into Circle for any of the things Circle is supposed to be about, it's that's not where they are now. Play Legion or Grimkin instead. Like, unfortunately, seriously. unfortunately, you just wandered into a cast with three people who just quit Circle. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a little bitter. But we're totally coming back for the Stone Shaper, aren't we? Uh, the Stone Shaper does I, look sweet. I, I think I that, that's going to help out that list style so much. Seriously, though, if you want to play a, a movement-slash-hard-hitting, uh, hit-and-run kind of faction, I'd be playing Legion, or I'd be playing Grimkin instead. So Legions and Grimkin are a little bit uh, circle, but functional. Uh, yeah. They have corpse mechanics, they have work, working soul mechanics, they have working heavies, they have working infantry. Yep. Uh, yep. We'll come back to that, but next is up is Legion. Uh, Legion also has a terrible internal balance. Yep. Basically, if you're going to play Legion and you want to play competitively... Uh, you're going to be playing with a bunch of flying war beasts, and you're going to play Fiona too, and then you're going to play like Abby too with a oh. reasonable mix of other stuff as your second list. So almost every list will be oracles. Um, yep. There are a variety of casters that can run it. Fiona, uh, Alex, um, run oracles. Uh, Oracle is that good? Um, you will occasionally see Children of the Dragon from people trying to be cute. Um, <laughs> And other than that, it's going to be Nerfs, Therapes, and Angels all the way. Basically. Uh, Scorn is probably the best balanced towards faction outside of Grimkin. They've got uh, a ton with, of different options. With the exception of Mordekar. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but I've played against... Oh, okay, I see what you're... Yeah, alright, fine. Fair, that thing. <laughs> um, uh, but, that, but, that's a stupid ruling that needs to be fixed. That has nothing to do with the core. Yeah, it has, nothing, it has nothing to do with the faction. And if you really want to know what it's about, that that ruling is, just message one of us and we'll talk to you about it. But um, in some cases, yes. So <laughs> uh, they play a lot of really deceptively slow heavies, like speed four across the board, and then can randomly make them like speed eight on a fairly regular basis. Um, they play with big stompy titans that hit things really really hard, or they play their theme force, which is a really good gun line uh, that will kill most of your stuff before it gets to do anything. Um, their beasts are good, their heavies are good, their lights are good, their mammoth is good, their battle engine is good, their infantry is good, their guns are good. Yeah, um, Scorn is good. If, if you're looking for a, a new faction, like or a first faction, I would probably recommend Scorn over pretty much anything else at this point. Um, yeah, it's either Scorn or Menoff. Yeah, one of the two. So, yep, that's Scorn. They're, they're very... Pain oriented, fluff wise, they they do lots of like Hitting we abuse you stuff to make it better. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Oh, their minion yeah. theme is coming back. Yeah, and yeah. they are also the the faction that runs minions even better than minions, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, they also have kind of a Roman theme to how they look, which I think is very cool. Yeah, a little bit. They they got a lot of cataphract and Praetorian and stuff like that. And they're uh, a big take on uh, dark elves. In that yep. They're not like. Dark at all. Kind of like they've got like some Roman, they've got a little bit of like more kind of Eastern Asian type stuff or Persian type things. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Persian is where it's at actually. Yeah, my thing is I just I love the construct stuff, the immortals, all that. They got a theme force coming out for that in a little while. It looks really fun. Even without a theme force, that list was all too is really good. I'm not a huge, I'm not super into I don't love Scorn's like aesthetic and general play style, but there's a pretty good chance I'll be making a list of the minions theme and the immortals theme because they're cool and I just want to yep. play them. Alright, uh, that brings us to Grimkin, which is the brand new faction. If you want to know what everything in the faction does, you can listen to last week's episode where I talk for an hour and a half straight <laughs> and just about die on multiple occasions that Chandler edited out. Um, 
do we recommend them for new players? Actually, yes, but not for not until September when everything is out. Um, they have a very limited stable of models, unless you happen to live in the Seattle area where Jeff will just let you play whatever you want at Mox. Um, so they've got about half the faction released right now. The rest of it releases over the next couple months. They're really strong. They're really versatile. They have a skill ceiling that's probably higher than any other faction. Um, but, they but, don't but you can succeed with them early. Like you, they're oh, not... sure, yeah. Yeah, like you can, you can chuck Fury on, like anything with the heretic and just watch it kill stuff and be like yeah this is great yeah like they've got options if you're kind of newer and just want something that's just like hey i'm just gonna you know work on positioning and i'm gonna hit you really hard like you can do that or yep. you can drop the wanderer or the dreamer and have the jankest game in the world like <laughs> you can yep. you can decide like what level of of play you really want to do with them and, and they can take you pretty far i think with a with a very with a really like reasonable price point and not a ton of models to figure out. Yeah, like speaking as somebody who literally paid retail for the entire faction, uh, you could probably buy everything if you weren't like going straight retail. You could buy everything in the faction that you need to play it for about a thousand dollars, which is not bad at all for a tabletop game like this. Yeah, but you'll never have to buy models for again. And that's accounting for multiples of things, isn't it? Oh yeah, that was yeah. like four frightmares, four gorehounds, like eight crabbits. Not nearly enough caskims. Not nearly enough caskims. It turns out I, I need about <laughs> ten more of those. <laughs> um, and they're fairy tale nightmares. Um, and they look very cool in person. They do. Uh, actually, they have a very I was playing chaotic against... but very intense aesthetic. Like you'll. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing against a Crix player yesterday, and they were like, "Man, my faction used to be the scary-looking faction." And I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, <laughs> not anymore." Skin and moans is huge. Skin and moans is huge. <laughs> All right. Um. um then... Then we're on to minions, which perhaps yep. not everyone forgets about. <laughs> um, I don't. They're good. They're good. Um, so minions um, have really, really powerful warlocks, um, and they have uh, a, a stable of beasts that are cheap and bad, and a stable of beasts that are cheap and good. Perfect. <laughs> 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 uh, big beasts are still really bad. Um, gator beasts are awesome with rage. Um, yep. Uh, all of the warlocks are insanely overpowered, except for maybe Helga. I mean, that like their warlocks are so See, so good. You need you need to come play in my meta and play our minion player because he plays Helga all the time and she's oh, really? horrifying. <laughs> yeah, no, like <laughs> the, the jank that guy has pulled with her. I'm just like, good lord, I had no idea. <laughs> well, I, I don't know games to Helga. <laughs> yeah, like so when I was playing Haley two competitively, I lost more games to Helga than I did to anything else. Like. <laughs> Candler right. would bring Kruger 2 into me, and I would lose, like, one out of every five games because it's Haley. And then I'd play into Helga, and I lost half of my games. And it was just like, what is going on? All right, it, doesn't help that that play, it doesn't help that that player is also magic. So yeah. He has, like, a specialty in, like, horrendously losing and then somehow tabling the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like, I, don't I, I saw him in the finals of an event with, like, three Gatorman posse and his caster left to, like, half his opponent's army. And I came back half an hour later, and he won. And it was like, what did you do? Uh. So the minions faction identity is that they have lots of they have lots of tricky solos they have lots of powerful straightforward war beasts and they have lots of insanely good warlocks and they have lots of like chaffed infantry that are decent at their role and really really cheap mm-hmm. uh, and their battle engines are freaking insane yep uh, especially since uh, because they're all minions they all benefit from faction buffs which is a big big deal. Yes, and they're about to get their Dracodile Colossal, which I am very excited for. Yeah, everything they announced for Minions the Lock and Load transform that faction. It's insane. Yep. 
So, oh. so now is a good time to get into minions because they're about to get a lot of cool stuff <laughs> the next what, probably November December range. Plus, yeah, if you get into now... minions, you can get into scorn on accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If you want to piss off a minions player, you can say that. I think minions are still better than. No, I agree. Like, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the five the five warlocks allowed in that theme force are nowhere near as good as like Rask or Arcadius or like most of the minion warlocks. Yeah, and even more importantly for minions than for mercenaries, do not buy just one half of the faction and think that you can be competitive. You you're playing the faction, not just one of them. One of them. Yep, that is correct. You you probably need to buy everything. You, you probably want brigands even in your gator lists. <laughs> correct. <laughs> They're real good. Still good. Yep. Right. Yeah, so that was our very long time spending talking about the uh, all the, the faction identities and whatnot. So if you're looking into new factions, that's kind of a quick, very down-dirty kind of overview. of. We forgot fluff identities for all the Horde ones. Let me just do them quickly. Uh, trolls are blue Scotchmen, um, and they have lots of angry, giant, drunk Warbies. Um, yeah. Circle is, in theory, um, druids and werewolves and constructs. Uh, in practice, and blood magic. And blood magic <laughs> in practice, mostly constructs. Yep. Um, Legion is evil dragons, um, and soon Ogren. <laughs> um, yep. Scorn, we talked about, uh, are crazy Frankenstein pigs and, uh, evil voodoo gators. Um, and Grimkin are insane nightmare fairy tale. They're like nightmare yep. old seed fairy tale type. Type mode. Yeah, think think Brothers Grimm and then like make it scarier than Brothers Grimm. Yeah, lots of lots of old like pagan myths and stuff brought into kind of an interesting modern light there. Yep. All right. So uh, if you're getting into a new faction, you are either a new player who's getting into the game for the first time potentially, or you're swapping factions real quick after you got in, or you're experienced and you've got some significant games under your belt and you're just you know moving on to something new. So we figured we'd tackle both perspectives uh, a little bit and uh, give some ideas about like how to go about it, d- uh, depending on where you are on that demographic. Uh, so for a new player, uh, I think the hardest decision to make is what models to buy and what lists to play. Um, I th- so uh, if you're in one of the like well internally balanced factions, you can pretty much get away with buying almost anything. Um, yep. However, if you get into one of the more dangerous factions, like most hordes, um, you cover Grimkin. Grimkin buy everything, and you're done. Um, so, proxying um, or faction swapping with uh, with local players is a really, really good way to start. Um, yep. Or, or vassal, if you swing that. Yep. Um, uh, and even before you play games, like you, you can go and join one of the the faction Facebook groups and ask like what is good in this faction? Like, what what do you guys like to play? What plays well? How do you guys fare against other factions? That kind of thing. And inside of probably five minutes, you'll have about 20 responses from people giving you what they think is the lowdown on their faction. Will be full of salt. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, it, most of the time, um, faction groups like that can come up with a pretty consistent, this is something that will be in every list. Um, like, Century Stones for Circle, or like... Um, Junior Warcasters for Signar, like the the like the things are in lots and lots of lists. Um, people mm-hmm. come up with pretty quickly, and buying those is usually a good a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing you can do is if you go to discountgamesinc.com, they have a tournament section that is sortable by faction, 
And you can look at lists that have made the top three, I believe, of big events lately, or for like beginning of Mark Three, so last June, um, and have a look at what casters they're using, what units and models they're using, and even what theme forces they're using. And that can be a really good way to get a sort of general idea of these are the things that people that play really, really well are winning with. So this is a big change for Mark Two, but do we recommend starting with a theme force in Mark Three? So I was I was gonna kind of mention them because that's something that there, there's a lot of people who uh, have done you know casts or articles or whatever about starting new factions, but I think this is the unique thing that has changed um, since a lot of people have done those. Is I think theme forces and and they're kind of intended to be this to a degree are a perfectly good way to be like that's how I want to move into this faction. If you want to spread out from there, I think that's that's a pretty good way to do it. Yep, I would I would recommend that with everything except for Scorn because they still only have one. <clears throat> well, in but you know when Scorn gets because we know you know the next couple coming out and they're great like yeah well the minions one's a little weird if you're really wanting to get into Scorn specifically because you're gonna end up with a lot of minion stuff. But um but I mean that said like the the themes you know especially like the Exalted one I, there's people like me who will just be like I really like those construct guys. Um, that's a really great way to get into it. And you can kind of learn the ins and outs from there and then, and then spread out from there and try different things. I, th- I think themes and, and Private Press, I think, has intended this to some degree, are a really good in uh, for any given faction. Th- this will become more the case as more and more themes come out, though. So I think yep. um, as of December, I think we will very readily say start with a theme force. Um, yep. As of now, uh, I would be comfortable starting with a theme force um, as long as it isn't uh, circle current trolls or um, scorn scorn because there's only one yep and the thing is like if you get into a faction with a battle box which is how most people do uh that is a very acceptable way to build into a theme force i don't think there's anything in any battle box that isn't playable in at least like one of the theme forces in your faction Mm -hmm. um Uh, if you can score an all-in-one box or core army box whatever yeah and that's that's even better because uh, that usually has a theme force sort of built into it. Like the Kator one is in Legion of Steel, even though it's not officially. Um, and the Menoth one is in Exemplar Interdiction. <laughs> the Grimkin yep. one actually is in a theme force. Yes, it is. You get, it's you it's get actually too many points, points for a 50-point yeah. game. Um, and if you have any interest in playing Grimkin and you find a, one of the Grimkin core army boxes in your friendly local gaming store, buy it immediately. Yep. It is an insane deal. Uh, you will use every model... Um, Two of like buying two army boxes, not a bad way to start Grimkin. <laughs> that is that is how I started it. Yep. Even if you're paying retail, you're saving about seventy eight dollars, I think. And if you're getting a discount, it's even better. Yeah, it's insane. So and yes, you have like a ninety five percent chance of getting high quality models. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a little I've dubious. I've seen but... some complaints, but lots of uh, like lots of people are very happy with the quality. Of the yeah, I mean, you saw mine; they were fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, by December, end of December, yes, pick pick what you like, and then find out which theme force goes with that th- stuff, and go from there. You'll get some sweet benefits to your list, and it will give you uh, some restrictions inside of the faction of which models you should and should not buy. Um, like if you're going to pick up uh, Grimkin, for example, and you just want to play in Menagerie with all the beasts, well then you're not going to buy any units but Dreadrots, because yeah. that's the only one you can take in the, fa- in the theme force. I also think, and if you want to even narrow it down further to like specific theme forces that are fairly common, most factions have a battle group based theme force. One that's like all about war beasts or war jacks. Not all do. Scorn, of course, only have 
have won, and and they don't even the ones we've seen in the future are not necessarily battle group oriented, except for the kind of odd minions one. Um, you know, uh, Circle does if you're into the constructs. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so, so some of them don't, but that theme is, I think, pretty much always going to be pretty safe. If you like the Warjacks and Warbeasts, that if you can find that theme, that's like heavy metal and Signar, that's Creator's Might. Um, what's the name of the one in uh, Jaws? Is it Jaws, Jaws of the Wolf, Wolf in Kador? Um, Convergence has, you know, they, they've all got one pretty much, except for just a couple. Circles is broken. <laughs> Legions is brokenly good. Scorn doesn't have one yet. Uh, Trolls is Power of Dunia, which is good. Uh, Minions doesn't have one. Grimkin has Dread, Dark Menagerie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, so that theme will pretty much always be safe. Though those themes are always played in their factions because it's just a great way to run battle group heavy armies. Can I can I say that I don't recommend them because I want all of those themes to go away? <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, I think that's unlikely, so we'll have to recommend it for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and so that's a uh, that's a really nice change from our er- er- earlier War Machine because uh, if you pick a theme force that you like, which is going to be based off the battle group usually, because that's what you'll be exposed to, um, you've got uh, an easy way to grow your collection. Uh, it's got a blueprint of the models that you can play, um, and we should mention right now that. Character warjacks and war beasts are allowed in theme forces as long as their control, their special warcaster or warlock goes with them. Because if, for instance, you absolutely freaking love like Scourge of Heresy in um, Menoth, or maybe you are in love with Ruin in Kador, uh, they can be played in any of the theme forces as long as for Scourge, one of the Resnicks is running it, or for Ruin, one of the Butchers is running it. So don't let the fact that they're not listed on the um, the theme force itself deter you from getting them if you are are liking their character uh, warcaster that goes with them. If you do find a theme force that has a uh, character listed in it, that character's probably awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, Mold soon, Megalith soon, uh, Geterix, um uh, the Avatar, so that's a little bit of a wonky one, but... <laughs> yeah. The Avatar is awesome, he just has his problems. Anything else we recommend for new players getting into a faction? Um, I think new players, you're going to want to experiment a lot with lists. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, you, if your opponents let you proxy, just try out, try before you buy. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to want to try lots of wild new things and lose in new and interesting ways. Yep. That's how you get better. The more but wacky once, ways you lose, and, the less wacky and, ways you lose in the future. And once you've got a list that you like locked in, just play it for like 20 games. Well, so at that point, you're going to move on to our experienced player starting a new faction advice. Ah, okay. Yeah. Clever. I see what you did there. Um, so first off, uh, for experienced players, um, I have a question of a Mark II versus Mark III difference. Do we still recommend, if you own a War Machine pack, faction, buy a Hordes faction? And if you have Absolutely. A faction, buy a War Machine faction? Absolutely. So I, I think, I mean, in, like in my case, because I only have War Machines faction. If if you have not played one of the two rule systems, it really helps to do so. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean, Fury and Focus work so completely differently. Uh, the number of power attacks in Hordes versus not uh, in War Machine is completely different. Being able to run uh, a lot of Warjacks compared to not so many War Beasts is also very, very nice. Um, there's a lot of good reasons to play both. 
you will become better at the game in general as you learn all the rules that go with them and as you experience what it's like on both sides of the coin. Okay. Um, and then as an experienced player, um, I definitely recommend uh, not changing your lists as much. Um, so you especially want to choose one list you like, um, play it a couple times, figure out a list you like for it, and then lock it in and play a ridiculous number of games with it. Just play only it for you know, a couple months. Play it yep. into good matchups. Play it into bad matchups. You might find that those bad matchups are better than you thought. You might find that um, it has a huge weakness that you didn't even think of. Um, yep. And that's when you can start adding your pair in. Yep. Um, and, uh, I mean, when you say don't change it, like, something that I often s- tell people is that you've got probably 10 to 15 points of wiggle room in your list that you can swap out if, like, you want to try something new. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, if you're changing, like, the solo loadout or, like, maybe one war beast, I think that's fine. Uh, I think mm-hmm. changing any more of that changes the core identity of the list too much to uh, compound the, pra- the experience like I want. Okay, fair enough. Um, like I, like I cha- like I had a, like I'm starting a new faction, and so the list I'm playing over and over again, I'm like this, this unit is completely useless. I played a couple games, they did nothing but die, <laughs> so I swapped it out for a battle engine. Um, I think that's on the extreme end of changing. I think that's more because I'm more in the like first five games phase where I'm trying to figure out the list in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wouldn't do that, you know, 50 games in. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, when, and then once you hit that mark, then you especially if you've been taking good notes, you will have a really good list of what your list is good into, what its weaknesses are, and now you can start thinking about what to pair it with and what, and then you'll start working on your pairing and make sure that you practice your pair as much as your favorite list. Otherwise you'll end up uh, without the experience you need to actually use the pair in the, in the circumstances when you need it. Yep. But that's for, that's a, that's a discussion for a different time. Um, what, uh, another thing that uh, experienced players uh, have an edge on a little bit is that if you're wanting to get into a faction, you've probably played against it at least once. And so that means that there's somebody in your area that plays that faction that will probably let you borrow a list to try out before you buy in. Um, which, I mean, you can always proxy out a list, but there's something about playing with the physical models that, you know, it's part of the aesthetic, which is part of the game. Yep. It's true. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to give a ton of expense. It, it kind of depends on exactly how experienced, um, uh, of a player we're talking to whether they're going to be able to use all of the advice necessarily. But, um, yeah, I, I think just getting those, those reps in, and this is really like, if you want to get in, you want to win. <laughs> if, if you're looking at, this is a little bit looking at it from kind of a more competitive, like trying to, to really get into a new faction and, and take it somewhere and try to well, win. This is, this is 100% coming from a competitive perspective here. Yeah, so just wanted to kind of note that that's that's sort of the mentality we're 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 talking about a little bit uh, with picking up a new faction as an experienced player. And it's okay to find out that you picked up a faction and you were sold a false bill of goods, or you were you expected to like something a lot more than you did, and sometimes you'll have to back out and you'll have made a mistake. And we're sorry about that, but this is a complicated game. <laughs> yeah. And there are good websites that you can go to trade off or sell off that army if you decide that you don't want it. Yep, people do trades uh, remarkably often. I've I've not done that, but I have seen it quite a bit. So. Um, yeah, if you can, if you're an experienced player, you can manage a faction swap, um, especially a faction swap with the local, uh, breathe fresh life into both of you. Um, that that would be really really good. Uh, I would yep. look for opportunities to do that. Nice. Mm. 
Unfortunately, if you spray paint your stuff gold, it's impossible to do anything with. That <laughs> <laughs> is like nearly no. unstrippable. <laughs> so this is an old, old uh, story from college. Uh, one of my friends was buying cheap uh, 40k models, and he got um, a vehicle, and he stripped it. He stripped it, so he, like he stuck it in. Uh, uh, what, not green. Simple, simple green, green. Simple, yeah. simple green for like a week, and he started rubbing at it with a toothbrush, and the paint came off, and underneath was another layer of paint. Yep, glorious. <laughs> so he's so, like, all right. So he tried again. And he's like, oh, this is automotive paint. This is never coming off. So he sold those. Oh, oh lord, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes the paint are just hard to get off. I. You know, I'm doing all my models with this gold trim, so they're all spray painted gold, and that's that's a pretty all in strategy. I knew <laughs> I knew what I was getting myself into with that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we've more or less gone over the points we wanted to. Does anybody have any like last thoughts on the on the subject? Um, how do you feel about CID affecting faction choice? Mm. So, this is the thing, and this is kind of what I've found so far. If you like the direction something in CID is going, it's probably gonna pretty much be kind of along those lines, but I would wait until at least near the end of a CID cycle <laughs> before making decisions based on that, because some things do change drastically. But usually, with the stuff that we've seen come out after CID, it's usually tweaking more than major identity changes. Um, just, there, there needs to be an awareness there that it will change, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and if change. you're, if you're looking to get into a faction that has not gone through CID yet, um, I don't think that's a big deal, uh, because so far the CIDs that we've been through have basically just been great. Like, yeah. every single thing has gotten either better when it needed to, or it got toned down a little bit when it needed to, to make the game healthier, and I just, I, like, if it hasn't been through CID yet... I wouldn't worry about it. If it's in the middle of CID, I would wait until the end of that CID cycle. And if it's already been through CID, then it's where it is going to be, and I would not hesitate at that point. I would definitely recommend any faction that has come out of CID. Um, yes. I would be cautious if there's a faction that's got bad internal balance and hasn't doesn't have a CID on the horizon. Yep, and we're talking specifically here about uh, Legion and Circle and... Oh, Legion's getting over soon. Oh, that's true. Okay, so Circle and what else? Metal? Yeah, Protector has got a little bit of that going on. Yeah. It's not near as bad, but it, but there is no. a little bit of that going on. Um, yeah. And I, I uh, guess one one thing I want to note as somebody who went through this kind of recently with, like, a, especially if you have been playing a while and you've just been, like, loving a faction for years, like, if you're not having fun, don't feel bad about changing. <laughs> I fought with that really bad. <laughs> Faction loyalty is is good, like to a certain point, because it's it's nice to have that identity of like I am a this player, but like right, yeah. flip, I write I write druids dice and I changed factions, so you can do it. It's a perfect time to change it to elevated terrain. Uh, it's not happening, Brett. Leave it alone. <laughs> druids of consequence. <laughs> druids of consequence. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, we've hit our druids and consequences uh, quota for the week, so I think it's time to sign off. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, uh, going over all the little uh, odds and ends. Of course, as usual, a huge thank you to everybody who's been supporting us on Patreon. Um, that 
seriously already has started to, to kind of show as being a huge help in, in us being able to kind of do the things that we do and try to keep things uh, going regularly. It's really motivated like, us to, yeah. to go to really go above and beyond here, trying to make sure this this podcast comes out every week and everything's consistent and we're there, you know, we're there talking to all you guys. So it's, it's yeah, a, I was going to say, like, we've had six in a row now, so that's that's on that. <laughs> that's, that's better than Leyland's ever done. I mean, it, the that well, kind of a long time, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So, it, thanks for keeping us accountable. We appreciate it a lot. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if you do want to check out our Patreon, it's at patreon.com/loswarmachine. Um, also, a huge thanks to Broken Egg Games. Uh, they've been supporting us with all kinds of nice little things to help out our games, make them look a lot better. Um, if you do want to go check out their store and use the code LOS5CODE uh, you get 5% off everything on their store which is great they've been super awesome with us yep. Broken Egg is, is way cool and they make just their stuff's just beautiful I mean they're, they're the ones who uh, do have the official license with Privateer Press so you're going to be able to get stuff that is very much you know your faction without it having to be kind of obfuscated in any way and, and mm-hmm. they get all the official art and stuff and it's just it's gorgeous um, if you want to see all the nonsense that Jane and I spew on a nearly daily basis, you can go to our website at uh, loswarmachine.com. Um, there are links there uh, to Broken Egg and to our Patreon and stuff like that, as well as um, our individual blogs, which are Druid's Dice for Circle stuff, Truth and Consequence for Protectorate stuff, and of course our general, just for general things. And You, you also forgot to mention that we now have a painting gallery page. Yeah, with is, all of uh, Jaden's stuff on it. I'll, I'll hey. put stuff on it eventually. I just have hey, it yeah, Ooh. I mean, it's not my fault you're not on the ball on that one. Hey, I can post my Loki. You can. Please do. (laughs) You can, of course. Uh, Find us on Twitter uh, at LOS underscore Chandler, at LOS underscore Jaden, and at ChokeObsessed dot uh, underscore, sorry, ChokeObsessed underscore LL. Yep. Yeah. I totally check Twitter. Ever. (laughs) Um, And you can email us at uh, loswarmahordes at gmail.com. We do get emails through that once in a while. It's been picking up. Yeah, that's uh, fun. I would would love to do uh, like listener question episode. Yeah, it's it's mostly been like, how do you deal with this kind of thing if you're playing this faction so far? But yeah, send us questions, please. I'm Uh, not afraid to get specific about factions I do not play. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, everybody, time for Chandler and Brett to talk about competitive scorn. I heard when you whack them with the pain giver, they're stronger, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can find our Facebook page, uh, which is just line of sight. And, of course, if you find any of us on Facebook, you can shoot us a message. We're pretty active, pretty good about talking on it. So, yep. yeah. I would like to introduce the first listener challenge today, uh, and that is if you manage to sprint whack in any of your games, <laughs> please post it on the line of sight Facebook page, and we will give you a shout-out in the next episode. Sprint whack has to be like slang for something else that I'm just like. I know, right? Of. We, we really should have looked that up on Urban Dictionary before we started playing it. Oh yeah, probably. Oh, Too late I'm, now. I'm, not looking it up. If it's a problem, we can easily errata to crazy Iwasa. So you know, whatever. I'll just I'll, I'll go back through editing and just like really awkwardly put my voice changing every instance of it to something else, and it'll, it'll sound great. Awesome, crazy Chandler. <laughs> All right, guys, I think that does it for this week for us. We will see you all next week. Later.
Thank you.